Hey, guess what? You're listening to Author to Author with Megan Atwood. You are pretty freaking cool. Sometimes something starts me down the road. My brain stops thinking and I find a little bit more control. I don't know what's going on. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Hey, Heather. Hi. How you doing? Good. <laughs> we were just talking about um, all the things we shouldn't do, and right. w- and one of them was, um, if I say something embarrassing, <laughs> then I need to pause before and after. I think is what you said. Right. Because yeah. I don't know how to do anything. Like, so you can take it out. Uh, t- ostensibly. Yes. Yep. Supposedly I can. I've heard that. I don't know. I'm using GarageBand, uh-huh. which is like. Um, what you use if you don't know how to do anything and it comes with your computer. Perfect. Yeah. So this is as fancy as it gets and just know that I'm pointing to microphones. Oh yeah, and a pop filter. I just learned. And a pop There's a pop filter, filter so I can go pop, pop, pop. <laughs> Have and some spaces so I can take that <laughs> Well, in this, um, this little control board, my uh-huh. friend Patrick came over and like, configured it for me yeah. so thank you Patrick Jones mm-hmm. and then he took like eight pictures of it so, so that, that if I act- know how to put it back yes. together isn't that Perfect. amazing yes. yeah he was really really good um hi welcome to author to author the first podcast with me and I'm talking to Heather Bowman and her name is pronounced Bowman and not Bowman well either way really actually, yeah but part of my family pronounces it Bowman and part what? of it pronounces it Bowman and there's two different spellings Oh, what is happening in your family? Yeah, I don't know. Is the this East like Martin, metaphor? The too? East Martin Bowmans took out the W. <gasps> wow. So, and so yeah. are they Bowman or Bowman then? I'm like not sure. Okay. Actually. Which do you prefer? Um, either one sounds fine to me. I actually say tend to say Bowman more than Bowman, actually. Okay. I but think they I both sound fine. Yeah, they sound yeah. good. <coughs> I think I called you Bowman for a long time, and then I think I heard Swathi call you Bowman, and I yep. was so embarrassed. Oh, no, you shouldn't be. Oh, good. I you mean, sound probably. the same to me. Yeah, I suppose. So, yeah. Um, yeah, you can call me Megan or Julia. Or Megan? Yeah. Or <laughs> you can also pronounce my name Julia. Oh, okay. It's weird. Yeah, it's a silent wow. J. Yep. Um, <laughs> okay, so just a really quick to tell mm-hmm. you what this podcast is supposed to be about. I'm telling Heather this, too. I kind of said something like this when I invited you, but it was probably incoherent, and I don't promise coherence now. So <coughs> anyway, um, at, I just I have two books coming out next year, and I have no flipping. Oh, wait. Sorry. One thing. Um, I will probably swear because I don't know how to speak without swearing like an adult, and so... If you have children, um, don't have them listen to this. And I will not swear because I was not raised in a barn. Because, <laughs> because Heather is what we call a good person. <laughs> Whereas I have some work to do. So, um, But anyway, I realized that I don't know how to do anything. And I've been in the publishing industry for about 17 years now. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of amazing. And every time we talk about anything you'll just like casually mention something and i'll be like oh yeah i'm doing that too and then go home and take notes and be like oh you're supposed to do that you should not be using me as a source (laughs) for what you should do you seem so together though like oh my word yeah real together okay so a little bit about heather heather is a professor Mm -hmm. um she's awesome just amazing in general as a person she's also the co-host with me at second story at the loft 
and she just wrote um, a book. Well, she didn't just write it. She just got a book published. Just published, yeah. <laughs> a Crack in the Sea, um, which came out January 3rd, mm-hmm. and you did an awesome job at your reading. Oh, thank you. Can I tell you a funny story about that reading yes. for a second? Okay, this was at Red Balloon. Yeah. What date was it? Uh, January 3rd. January, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, it was the day of. Yes. So you and I had had a conversation over text about that, and I was like, uh-huh. happy book birthday. And then I was home, like, making this amazing dinner, and I'd taken off anything resembling clothes that should be worn in public. And Beth Bresnoff wrote and was like, are you going to Heather's thing? And I said, yeah, when is it? And she was like, in 20 minutes. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit. And, like, stopped everything, like, oh, threw stuff on. So nice, I was, but you didn't have to do that. <laughs> I'm off Facebook, and so I don't know when anything uh, right, is anymore. Right. But I just had the conversation with you. You'd think I would have put two and two together, but I didn't. And then the second funny story is I was sitting there listening to you, and I was going to ask a question at the mm-hmm. end, but you, you'd you asked someone else because you hate me. That's right. why, right? Perfect. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I'm standing next to this guy who was, like, really excited for you. and cl- Was it my neighbor? I think it might I think it might have been your oh, neighbor. Because my neighbor's very nice. Yeah. So nice. Uh-huh. So excited for you. I mean, he was like over the moon and just like everything uh-huh. you said laughed really hard and uh-huh. you know, and I was like, What? That wasn't funny. Like I'd say that to him. I'm just kidding. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> but <laughs> But anyway, uh-huh. so you didn't call on me and I put my hand down and he leaned over and he goes, I bet you could ask her that in line. I bet she'd I bet she'd <laughs> he was I bet she'd talk bad. to you for you. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I don't know if she'll ever. If the author will talk to I me. I know. <laughs> it's just, it was really cute. He was like really Aww, excited for that's you. nice. Anyway, so A Crack in the Sea is amazing. It's okay. such a good book, and it just got a starred review. Am I right? In Publishers Weekly. <gasps> so I was very good. excited. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And then your first book was what? Um, the Remarkable and Very True Story of Lucy and Snowcap. Yeah, and so I didn't realize this, but A Crack in the Sea is in the same world as it that is. one? It is. It's not um, a sequel, but it's a companion book. It's set in the same world. Did you just fall in love with that world a lot? I kind of did. Yeah. Plus, you don't have to create a whole new world. Like, yeah, if no you're kidding. lazy, why not <laughs> <laughs> make it in the same world? Said the woman who just wrote an entire book in a week. So. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <coughs> Sorry, I guess you're not supposed to clear your throat in the microphone. Maybe There's some. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, that was really cool. And my question to you is, do you have a favorite character? Because A Crack in the Sea is told by mm-hmm. so many different people. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of different point of view characters. Mm-hmm. And a lot of, there's not like a main character mm-hmm. in the book. And um, actually, I was sort of, I've been sort of intrigued by how readers have responded so far. Because I, I did kind of think, wouldn't people relate to one more than the other? Mm-hmm. And different people have. There's a couple of people who said, oh, it was Pip, or oh, it was... Mm-hmm. Um, Tang or Kinchin, those are the three that come up over and over again mm-hmm. um, in terms of it. But I guess I didn't feel like there was one I related to more than others. Really? Yeah. I, I mean, I felt differently at different times. Mm-hmm. So, Like when you were writing one, then you were like, I'm really into this character. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's actually true. I mean, the reason I switched point of view is I was like, well, I want to be in this character's head now. Wow. Now I want to be in this character's head. Um, so, and it's their story, but still, that was why I switched point of view. Yeah, I really like, clearly, clearly, I really like that. The Thank different you. points of view, yeah. Thank you. Um, and we get to talk about that at AWP, right? Yes. 
when is our panel? Is it Friday? It's on Friday. I don't remember what time. Okay. It's called? Maybe noon. Something. Full House. Full House? Yes. Managing Ensemble Cast or something like something that. Something like that. Something like that. Heather's the moderator. I should probably know what the title <laughs> is. <laughs> so she should I totally probably know. know the title. I'm a, I'm a moderator for another one with Christine mm-hmm. Hepperman. And um, Christine, close your ears during this part if you ever listen to this. But I wasn't kind of expecting to be the moderator, so I feel really out of it with this one. It's bizarre, mm-hmm. but I think it'll be fun. Anyway, Heather. Yes. Um, you and I are going to talk about galleys today. Okay. <laughs> We can do that. <laughs> I know what they are. <laughs> <laughs> can you tell us what they are? A galley is also known as an ARC or an advanced <laughs> reader copy. <laughs> and um, used to, I mean, I think the reason they used to be called galleys is because they, the galley used to be unbound. Right. Um, and then an advanced reader copy was like a bound version. And now the, we use those terms interchangeably. I didn't realize that. I think I could be making this up, but that was what um, Good my job. first editor had explained it to me that way. Um, but anyway, so a galley or an advanced reader copy or an ARC, as they're sometimes called, is what you, the author will get sent these and the publisher will send these out before the book comes out, usually like six months or so yeah. before the book comes out, right? Mm-hmm. And you might get anywhere from 10 copies to 100 copies, usually closer to 10, mm-hmm. um, sent <laughs> to you with the idea that then you would give them to local bookstores or you would send them to bloggers or reviewers. And then the publisher sends them to the big reviewers as well. So they send them to places like Kirkus and Publishers Weekly and so on. Well, that's it. That's all we needed. All right. Thank you. For <laughs> <laughs> that's like the best. That's the best definition I've ever heard. Oh, my gosh. That was like off your cuff. No, I'm not. Here is another thing, too. When I was um, trying to start an imprint, mm-hmm. I was at like SCBWI with a bunch of authors, and mm-hmm. someone said ARC to me, and I'd never heard it described as an ARC. I didn't know what it was either. Yeah. When, Swath- when our, our mutual friend Swathi of us mm-hmm. had a book coming out, and she was talking about the ARC, and I was like, the what? <laughs> like the ARC of the plot? Yeah, Are you right, talking about exactly. the ARC of the like plot? Like the character ARC? <laughs> Like the emotional you journey about this before you got those advanced copies. It's too late. <laughs> it's too late, Swathi. <clears throat> okay, so yeah, the galleys, that mm-hmm. was like a whole, I didn't realize, so this is what sort of spurred this on is that you and I were talking about it and you were talking about where you sent the galleys when you, you got them for Lucy and Snowcap. Mm-hmm. And um, one of them was to your hometown newspaper. Newspaper. I did. I would have never thought to do that. So that's something you do and the publisher doesn't do? Or no, I didn't actually think of doing it this time. I should have now that you're mentioning yeah, it. Yeah, you I'm really should. I should have done that. <laughs> um, but the first time, no, I did. I sent it to the, the hometown newspaper. And interestingly, um, I graduated from high school with um, another author, Lisa McMahon, who writes oh, YA yeah. in middle grade. Um, and she had had her first book come out like a year before Lucy and Snowcap came out. She's much more prolific than I am. Was I mean, she, she Wake? Like, was that her? That was Wake. Yeah. She's okay. had, I don't know, 20 books come out since then. Oh, or my something. gosh. Like an enormous number of books. Whoa. This is my second book. So we have different trajectories <laughs> since that first book. Um, but when So our first books had both come out within the past year. So when I sent my, my galley to my hometown newspaper, I sent it with a letter saying, you know, here's my book. And by the way, Lisa McMahon also had a book came out. Maybe you'd like to do an article about both of us. Oh, that's smart. Um, and they did. Wow. So that was really cool. What happened in your hometown that you all became writers? Well, it like was what a high terrible school class of two. No. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a high school about writing. So there yes, you go. Yeah. Yes. 
know. I don't know. It's interesting, though, isn't it? It really is. Small town. Did you grow up in a small town? Um, well, it was a town of about 40,000. I mean, my high school class had 186 kids graduate. Oh, that's small. So, yeah. I mean, I grew up in um, Sioux City, which had about, sorry, 85,000 mm-hmm. people, and I considered that small at right. the time. Right. And I blame Sioux City for becoming a writer, for me becoming a writer. Definitely. Because you had to write to escape from small town life. Yes. Just kidding, Sue City. Love you. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So that makes a lot of sense. So when you first got them, how many did you get for that first book? I want to, I don't remember for sure, but it was definitely not more than 20. Okay. So it might have been 20. And Um, were you giving them all at once? mm -hmm. Or is this? Yeah. They all came in a box at one time. Okay. Can I tell you that I just, I'm going to be sent some galleys now. So my, for the teen book, uh-huh. which isn't going to be published until Halloween, uh-huh. and only for the people I'm going to ask to blurb it, and then one for me. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So I was really surprised, especially because for the second book, for A Crack in the Sea, you got like... I got a box of... I got 60 galleys wow. to start with, and my agent received 20. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah. And then... Um, so that was like in July or something like that. Okay. So um, that, yeah, summer. that's about right. Yeah. And then I um, signed galleys at the Heartland Fall Forum, which is a, a in the Twin Cities, it's a yearly meeting of independent booksellers. Mm-hmm. And I think it takes place in the Twin Cities every year, but it's like okay. the Midwest independent booksellers. And um, so I was there signing galleys for booksellers. And they had leftovers, so they gave me 40. Oh my gosh. So then I had 100 galleys. Um, Whoa. And then I think there's, they just said they could send me some more. But now, at this point, they're just sending me leftover galleys. Right. They're like, would you like some? And I'm like, sure. Because um, I can always find someone to give them to at some point. Oh, right? totally. Yeah. So, yeah. And they're going to be, I mean, you're, they're going to be like, you can sell them on eBay for $8 million. No. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have a sense for these things. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting because my first book is out of print. And my remember who was looking at what it might have been one of my kids was looking at Amazon mm-hmm. and pulled it up and there was a copy that was selling for $78,000 what <laughs> well no nobody's gonna buy it I know but that's amazing but I was like, like oh, I've got like five copies in the bottom shelf I could pay for all your college education we were kind of joking oh right? my gosh but nobody's gonna pay it let someone who's like who I do don't want to sell this I don't know why you put it on Heather, Amazon after this podcast gets so <laughs> famous that <laughs> See, the thing is, there's a copy above that that's selling for like 13 cents or something, you know? $78,000. You know how there's always like crazy copies on the Amazon news list? Yeah, there was one like that that I was just like, what? Maybe um, maybe that'll actually work. Because sometimes when you inflate the price of something, people think, well, that's yeah, got to be really... Yeah, but if it's right next to another book that's selling for less than a dollar... You don't want the 13-cent one, because that oh, yeah. one probably has a, a rip somewhere. Bed bugs. <laughs> Totally. The $78,000 one probably grants wishes, I'm guessing. Yeah. It has a magic genie inside. If you rub the spine (laughs) of the book. Um, Yeah. Can I talk? Sorry, we're kind of going back now again. But what did you love about the world that you created? Um, Is that a terrible question to ask? Like, what did you love about your own work, Heather? Yeah. (laughs) It's kind of a terrible question. (laughs) Luckily, this isn't an Uh, interview show or anything. You know, okay. I'll just say when I first was working on this with my first editor, so two different editors, different publishers. Mm-hmm. Um, but with Lucy and Snowcap, when I was working with my first editor, I really didn't understand that when you create a fantasy world, it actually has to have some sort of 
system by which it operates. Oh, yeah. So she would send me these queries as she's editing, and she'd be like, well, why does this happen? And I would email back, and I'd like, because it's magic. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And then she would email back and say, that's not good enough. Please explain. (laughs) And I'd be like, oh, crap, I don't have an explanation. Oh, wow. You know, so Mm -hmm. at that point, I actually had to do a lot of, like, world building that I should have done much earlier Mm -hmm. um, to really think about why certain things could happen in this world right. and other things didn't happen in this world. Um, so that forced me to do things I sort of in the wrong order. Right. And then when I worked on the second book, I was a little more careful. I mean, I still think I fall into that because I get so excited when I'm writing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm like, what will I do now? Oh, sea monsters. Right. Put them in the book. <laughs> you know, and then I have to go back and figure out why they would be there. Right. Um, so there is, I still have a tendency to do that when I write because I get really excited. But I, I did more of the background and figuring out the, the history of the world and the story behind it and everything. Do you like that now? Do you like yeah, that? Yeah, I do. I know I don't like that part of it, but I like the fact that I did it. <laughs> like, to so me, like the, the writing is the best part. And <laughs> anything that's, you know, sort of world building and backstory feels a little bit like spinning its spinning your wheels, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Like, that's not my favorite part to do. Yeah. <coughs> Sorry, yeah, doing the writing exercises, it's so hard for me to sit down and do them. That mm-hmm. I know, you know, like that mm-hmm. questionnaire you ask yourself about your your character. I can I get through like twenty questions and then I'm like, I don't know. Right, whatever, right, right. I'll figure her out later. Right. You know? <laughs> but world building I actually do love because I think it's it, I do this with my classes sometimes too. We'll build a world uh-huh. and um, sometimes it goes horribly. Right. I mean horribly horribly like it's a world built of toothpaste right yeah (laughs) exactly or it's like accidentally really racist so I have to be like oh no 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 you know like because I have the students yeah exactly (laughs) I don't think we should do that part you know um but I love thinking about the what-ifs and the Mm -hmm. you know what happens when you set um conflict down and how like prejudice happens even within these these different world mm-hmm. worlds being built. I always think that's fascinating. Like anyway, mm-hmm. the end. So you yeah, so that's you, cool. <laughs> you ended up really liking this world and wanting to stay in it. And yeah. your next book, did you say? Is um, I don't know. The book that I'm working on, it was a two book deal. So the second book that I'm working on that my editor has not yet seen and approved of. Right. So this could all <laughs> change. Um, is set in that world again. Mm-hmm. And I kind of think that's the end of the book set in that world. I mm-hmm. don't, maybe I'll change my mind later, but right now I don't see anything else happening there. Right. It's time so. to go to a different world. Yeah, time Hello. to do something different. World jump. Um, but I'm really enjoying the one I'm working on right now, so I hope <sighs> she likes it too. How far into it are you? I'm about halfway. Whoa. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So are you one of those people who can do just like a draft and it's good enough to send <laughs> to? <laughs> That's so cute. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Yeah. Oh, uh, no, I write a draft, and I, I, um, I've talked about with this with Swathi before, too. I, I really love drafting, and I get this sort of, like, drafting high or something mm-hmm. where I think everything I write is fabulous. Oh, totally. Yeah. So I th- I'm sure I've told you this story before, Megan, but I had a dream when I was drafting Lucy and Snowcap that I won the – Nobel Prize for Children's Literature. You know how that have that prize? The Nobel Prize for Children's Literature? Yeah. And I won it preemptively (laughs) for a book that hadn't yet, not only not been published, but it hadn't been written yet. 
But the Nobel Prize Committee knew my idea was so good that they awarded me the Nobel Prize for children's literature. Are you sure it didn't happen? Oh, I don't know. I woke up and I really felt like it had. Oh I was like, gosh. it's a dream, but it feels so real. I'm just going to be happy. Seriously, what a good day. Holy crap. Oh, it went on for weeks. It wasn't even a day. It was like weeks. And oh my gosh, my, my ideas are so brilliant. And then I... Um, I, I remember showing the, the manuscript to Pete Hotman, who's also mm-hmm. amazing, amazing uh, middle grade and, and mostly YA author. National um, Book National Award, Book Award winner. winner yes. Yeah, yeah, big deal. Um, and he was, a, he was a mentor in this loft program that Swathi and I were both in. And it showed in the manuscript, and I had just gotten the book contract, and of course I'd had this dream, and oh I was amazing. Gosh. And we sat down together, and the first thing he said after he'd read this was draft was, you have a lot of work to do. Oh, and geez. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Great, thanks. You mean to prepare for the award, Pete? Yeah, yeah. it's true, I, I do. I need to choose my outfit. <laughs> I need to make a speech. <laughs> There's a lot to do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> think of all the people I should thank. Isn't that um, amazing how that happens? Like, yeah. I, I definitely go through the, a phase where I'm like, oh, my God, this is brilliant. Yeah. I am so... And every word is golden. Yeah. How did I even come up with this? Yes. And then you re- read then it you the read next it, day. like, who... Who, who used this as toilet paper? Right. <laughs> this isn't even earth logic. Know. You know, like, not even, I'm barely speaking English in this oh draft. Oh, gosh. It's amazing. This is happens. showing my age a lot, but there was an old sitcom. It was a takeoff of Different Strokes. Do you remember that show? I do remember Different And then Strokes. there was a sort of a spinoff series that was set in a girls' boarding school. Okay. Mrs. Garrett. What? Are you talking about The Facts of Life? That's it. The Facts oh of God, Life. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? I loved that show. Okay. Okay. You take so the good, you, you take the bad. You yep. take them all, and there you have yep. The Facts of Life. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> this is really sad. <laughs> anyway, you remember Blair, of the course. pretty one. Yep. Okay. There's an episode, it, for those of you who haven't seen it, you should know it always ends with a moral. But there's right, an episode for sure. But there's an episode where Blair um, smokes pot, I believe it is. She takes Ooh. some kind of drug, I think it's pot, and she's supposed to write a book report on Moby Dick. And she's really worried about it. And then she smokes some pot, and she writes her book report, and she's like, it's brilliant. It's a brilliant book report. It's amazing. <laughs> and the next day she wakes up and she looks at it, and it's written in crayon. <laughs> and it says things like, Moby Dick is a big whale, you know? <laughs> and I think of that so often when I'm writing. I'm Too like, close oh to home facts gosh, of gosh, I know. I know. <laughs> that is true. That's exactly it. I, oh, I man. open up my manuscript and I'm like, oh, it's in crayon again. Yeah. You <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was over this. I know. Thank you, Blair. Oh, goodness. Yeah, I had a, um, so the whole gal, <laughs> I talked to my editor this week about um, who to blurb, who to ask to blurb. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to ask five different people, and mm-hmm. he is going to ask, he sent me this list of these, like, heavy hitter, amazing mm-hmm. people, and I had a, an honest-to-God breakdown. I was like, wait a minute, they're going to read it? They can't read it? People can't <laughs> read this? What? A what? I was like, right, so... Right. Like in you know like right. no one can read my really book. Kind of yes. a little bit. Yeah, I mean, and they may not, but even the idea that they might have, they might see what mm-hmm. I've written, mm-hmm. and you know, I'm talking to other people, and they're like, "That's what publishing." You know that that's what publishing means is other people read your book. Right. <laughs> I feel like I wasn't appraised of that. You know, that's I, I feel interesting like, since you've worked in publishing so long. Oh my gosh, I've never been on this side though. So I've, I've written. 
a lot for the library market. Right, right. But this is an entirely different thing. Right. Like whole different landscapes of uh-huh. neuroses I didn't realize were there. Yeah. That's um welcome. Yeah. <laughs> this is a scary land, <laughs> Heather. <laughs> this Bring land. your sword and your shield with you. I need so many. I so many. You're one of them, just so you know. You're a uh-huh. sword in this. Ooh, so okay. I get to text you with like crazy cool. things. Do you get the feeling like the carry at prom feeling, they're all going to laugh at me thing before all your books come out? Um, I guess I didn't really. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> I heard someone did, and I was like, dummy. I know, so stupid. <laughs> no, I mean, I guess I didn't feel like laugh at me. I felt like maybe they'll hate it, which is different, right? Oh, yeah. Mine is hate it with a twist of, ha, um, ha, ha. yeah. You're such a dork. How yeah. could you even think yeah. that? Your yeah. crayon manifesto right. could possibly fit in with the rest of the right. the real writers. Right. You know? That's interesting. Mine was more like hate and pity. Hate oh pity. Yeah, that's yeah, a yeah. new fun one that I like, I, oh that's her. Oh. <laughs> She's the one who wrote that book. Remember that? Let's not mention it. Do you think that people are <laughs> pity reading it then too? Like <laughs> I don't and then the question is, is pity reading better than not reading at yeah, all? I know, There's right? a question, right? Yeah. Like, I'll, I might take hate reading. Right. That's fine. Right. Go ahead and just hate read it. That's good. Just don't let me know about right. it. Right. <laughs> I just can never look on Goodreads. I've right. been being right. coached recently and never look on Goodreads. Right. Which, as an editor, I have told my authors over and over again, but I don't know how you to know. You know, I went on Goodreads once. Uh-oh. Yeah. It was highly embarrassing oh. because I was on my phone and I, I don't know how to use my phone. Mm-hmm. So I went on Goodreads about so many things I want to do on your phone now. before the book came out. Okay. And I was like, oh, I have a couple of reviews, so I'll read them. And they were all nice reviews. Thank oh. goodness. So I read them and I got off Goodreads. And the next day, my editor oh, no. emailed me and said, I think you accidentally gave yourself a two star review. <laughs> <laughs> Could you please erase that? And I was like, Oh my gosh, I clicked on something. And there were only like four <laughs> reviews at that point. So it was really obvious that I had given my own book a two star review. Oh my God, Heather. Was that Freudian? Like, what? <laughs> I should have emailed her back and said, no, I meant to do that. No, it is only the two stars. Will follow. <laughs> Whoever wrote but this. Yeah, that's a great way to look really smart in front of your editor. <laughs> Make sure you write that one down so you can do it later. How did she know? Is she like. <laughs> she is on top she of it. That's amazing. And like Heather B. Who could she be? <laughs> She's like, who do I know who might accidentally get? <laughs> oh, Pete, it's the author. Oh, Heather. Awesome. She like high fived her assistant yes. like Heather. Uh, you know Heather. She pity edited you. She did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, I pretty much heard that. Okay, so sorry. <laughs> Going back to galleys. Okay. So, as an author, when you get your galleys. You need to think about different places that may want to host you. Like what? Yeah. Um, I didn't. I'm trying to think. With my first book, I you know the blog scene wasn't as big, mm-hmm. or maybe it was, and I just wasn't aware of it in 2008. I have um, no idea. I don't know what I was. But doing. But I didn't send it to a lot of blogs. I maybe sent it to one or two that I knew about, and they didn't respond. How do you know whether you're, you should send it or what your publicist is doing? Does your publicist give you, like... Well, in that case, um, the, there was only one publicist for the entire 
company. A smaller. The publicity department's name was Brian. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. He was awesome. He was really awesome. But he was overworked. Um, Oh, yeah. And so I kind of knew he wasn't going, he was going to send it to Kirkus and Publishers Weekly or whoever, you know, like the big big places. But I knew he wasn't going to be searching out blogs. Um, but I also didn't have really any connections at that point. Like right. I just didn't know very many people. And mm-hmm. um, so I did, I queried a couple of the bigger blogs, but none of them responded. And I don't remember if I actually sent, I don't know, I don't know if I actually sent books to them. I think I tended to just query first because I wouldn't send it out of the blue. No, especially because you only have a limited number. Yeah. Like if you, yeah. they gave you 60, like give right. it to, like walk past someone and give them a book and right. make them take it. But, but I, I mean, I did have some good luck, like with my hometown newspaper, and I sent it yeah. to, um, I sent a query to you and Kerr at NPR and oh. asked for the book. No. Yeah, and then oh he interviewed gosh. me, which was no. really awesome. He was super. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, probably not as professional as this happening right now. Well, but of course <laughs> not. No. You probably didn't get a pop filter. <laughs> that is, did you die when you got that, that, yeah, I was really excited. Oh I mean, God. I've listened to him for years. I love him. So it was really cool to go in there. Was that hard to do? I mean, were you no, freaked I w- out? No, it was cool. Although my kids at that point were five and eight. Oh, wow. And, um, <laughs> and uh, Can I, I just interrupt? You have the best kids ever. I have awesome kids. They're really awesome. But they were quite quirky. I mean, eight and five at is eight hard and five, to do. Yeah. yeah. And they, they came with me pretty much everywhere. They were homeschooled. So they, they came with me to the interview and I had brought like little snacks and books, and I was like, "You're just gonna sit in this office." So they had this sort of fishbowl office that was all glass mm-hmm. around, and then NPR people were working around it. And then we, you and I, went to the, you know, sound booth. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know what was going on. No. And apparently, my children started throwing all the objects they could <laughs> throw. Like they made little objects out of their candy wrappers, and they made you know, like they were throwing them and like launching them and basically putting on a show oh my gosh for the NPR that's amazing (laughs) and I came back and everyone was like looking at the windows like they're watching a bizarre television you're like what's going on like oh look whose children are those I'll just take them out of your way for you I'm gonna call child protective (laughs) services so I'll just take them downstairs their mother really should be watching them (laughs) that is hysterical oh my god Wow. Oh, so, yeah, mental, maybe make a note not to bring your children to interviews. <laughs> At NPR, wow. I wonder if I can, I, maybe I should just call them. I don't have a galley to give them, but I'll just, <laughs> <laughs> like, maybe. One of my friends yeah. was like, can I have a galley? And I was like, no. I, first of all, you can't because I, I only get one for right, myself. Right. And second of all, you can't read it. Like, no one is actually allowed to read my book. I think See, it might that's be, a problem. I might be the worst. Yeah, that's a problem promoter yeah so um changing subjects a little here I have two two things here that are talk like stories that I want mm-hmm. you to talk about and one of them you said remind me to uh, oh gosh Gary Paulson how I met Gary Paulson yes I cannot believe I haven't told you this story yeah. before maybe you have and I just didn't okay listen this well. has nothing to do about with galleys okay it's about I don't care being introverted and forcing yourself to meet people <laughs> That um, will not, uh, no one in this audience is going to understand that, but go ahead. Right, yeah. right, because there are no writers who are introverted. Exactly. Um, so I'm really, really introverted, and I went to SCBWI, which mm-hmm. is the big national conference for children's writers. Which one? New York um, or LA? LA. Okay. 
And um, and I just I felt really overwhelmed and also like I can't talk to any of these people. So I, I went to this conference in L.A. and hung out with people I already knew from Minnesota. I mean, yeah, that's you hard know, not so to I'm do. Like, I'm hanging out with Heather Zenzen and Steve Bresnoff and people like that. And, and great I'm like, people, great people. But why? Why did I travel <laughs> across the country? To sit in a bar with them. (laughs) I could have done that in Minnesota. So I'm kind of, at the same time that I'm enjoying myself, I'm berating myself. I'm Mm -hmm. like, I should be making connections. I should be meeting people. You know, I'm supposed to be, you know, networking. God, that's so much pressure. And um, it was the 40th anniversary of SCBWI. They had all these huge names out there. They had Judy Bloom spoke. Oh, my gosh. Gary Paulson spoke. Norton Jester spoke. um, What year was this? Lisa Yee spoke. Oh, 2011 maybe oh okay I think it was 2011 I could be wrong um, but anyway so the, all these people right and um, and I'd heard many of them speak at this point I'd heard uh, almost all of them it was near the end of the conference and I'm in the lobby and I remember I was with Heather Zenzen and of you know other Minnesota people <laughs> <laughs> and I see Gary Paulson across the room and I just heard him speak um, and I was like you know what I'm gonna go Tell him how much my kids love his books. Because we had just read a book by him like a month earlier. Uh, it wasn't Hatchet. It was one of his nonfiction books. Mm-hmm. And um, oh, so anyway, so <laughs> I go over there, and he's with a group of people, but it, they're sort of sort of chatting, but it wasn't too bad. to inter- Like, I wasn't really interrupting. They were just kind of hanging out. And I go over there, and I'm like, I just wanted to say that, you know, I really love your work and my kids and I have been reading one of your nonfiction books and, you know, we're just loving it and he gives me kind of a funny look and I'm like, and he says, well, what book have you been reading? I said, oh, I can't remember the name of it. It's kind of embarrassing, <laughs> but it's the one where you're walking through the woods and there's all these animals and then there's these rabbits and they're carnivorous <laughs> rabbits and they're eating a deer and I actually put my hands up to my face <laughs> like little, like little paws oh and, God. you know, sort of went carnivorous rabbits, <laughs> like little paws by my face. And uh, it is an arresting scene in the book because yeah. he walks along and he sees these uh, bloody rabbits that are chowing down on a dead deer. Wait a minute, there are carnivorous rabbits. This wasn't well, a Monty they're, Python they're, thing. They're, they didn't kill the deer, just to make that clear. <laughs> it's not like they took the deer down, um, but they were, you know, rabbits in the winter. They're hungry. They're going to eat a dead deer if oh it's there, gosh. apparently. Wow. So I mean, I didn't know this either. I was kind of horrified when I read it. Yeah. I was also really intrigued. Yeah. So. Anyway, so I tell him this, and I do the little <laughs> rabbit thing with my hands, and I'm describing the bloody rabbits, and he says, who do you think I am? <gasps> no. And I kind of went, uh, um, um, uh, <laughs> and I realized it wasn't Gary Paulson. No. It was Norton Juster. No. <laughs> yes. Oh, no. Oh, and my I didn't. Gosh. I couldn't place it, I, even though I'd seen him speak. And so I just kind of stammered around. He says, I'm Norton Jester. And I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. That's my response to I'm Norton Jester. I'm so sorry. So sorry. And then I said, we really like your work, too. No. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. It was so embarrassing. And the worst part is, of course, you're at SCBTW. You're wearing a giant name tag that says Heather Bauman. So you can even be like, okay, well, I'm Steve Bresnoff, so it was nice to meet you. Run away. Zen, zen. <laughs> <laughs> no. Couldn't do that. It oh was on my God. name. Tag. Oh. I'm really sorry. So anyway, that's how I met Gary Paulson. And so after that, you were like, this extroverting thing is easy. No, after that, I was like, yes, I should remain an introvert and never <laughs> speak to anyone again. 
because seriously, that makes me look better than if I talk. Oh my God, that's awful. That is awful. You were not rewarded the way you should yeah. have been for going no. out of your comfort zone. Oh. Um, if it makes you feel any better, one time, um, Jackie Briggs Martin, have you ever met her? She's yeah. like the sweetest, best mm-hmm. person ever. It was a Hamlin residency and Franny Billingsley was speaking. Uh-huh. And after something happened, um, Jackie grabbed my hand and was like, you should come meet Franny. Um, and I think I'd been talking to a bunch of people and so was just, I had no idea what she was talking about and just sort of followed, you know, because right, right. someone tells me to do something I evidently do it. And so she she puts me in front of Franny and she makes this beautiful introduction, like, this is Megan Atwood and yada, yada, you like says all this stu- nice stuff about me. This is Franny. And I couldn't think of anything to say. So I just yelled the name of her book at her. <laughs> Just in case she had forgotten it. Exactly. I just went, chime. Yeah, chime. (laughs) And then just like walked away because I I don't know what else to. (laughs) That's like when I met Catherine Patterson at ALA. I will say I was in my early 20s when this happened. So I'm just going to put that out there as an extenuating circumstance. But I went to ALA and I'm walking through the exhibit hall and it was completely deserted because all the librarians were in meetings. Catherine Patterson is sitting at a signing desk by herself. There's what? no one there. How yeah. did that happen? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. But she's sitting there by herself, and she's signing books. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to go tell her something. I'm going to go talk with her. I really <laughs> love her. And I get up to her, and I'm like, I love your work. <laughs> and she's like, I'm she Norton goes, Juster. And she's like, exactly. <laughs> Who do you think I am? <laughs> and she goes, thank you. And then we both sat there and with this kind of like oh, odd geez. fake smile because apparently she's introverted too. Oh my gosh. And neither of us could think of anything to say. Well, maybe she could. Maybe she was thinking, I wish this crazy person <laughs> would go away. It's hard to say that though. Right. Definitely. But she was being polite. Our but si- I could literally could not think of a single thing to say. Not like, so do you like your flight out here? Nothing. Oh no, no. Nothing. No. So, I love your work. Okay, bye. <laughs> you're you're pretty. I know. <laughs> you're on the way. I don't, it, it seems like signings are the worst in some ways. Mm-hmm. Like, it must be amazing to see people want to get a book of yours mm-hmm. with a signature, but also you have to make small talk for right. hours, right? right? And normally with, um, like, I've sort of been a fly on the wall at Team Litcon, and watching these teens who come to that are the coolest, cutest kids, I've, mm-hmm. and they're excited. They're, right. like, so excited, but that leads to really awkward right, right. moments for everybody. Like, you can see that, because a lot of they gush like I did with yes. Kevin Patterson, and yes. they have nothing else to say. And there's yeah. not, you know, they don't get the same, there's, the calibration is just a little off, you know what uh-huh, I mean? And uh-huh. it's just this, like, everybody loving each other, but kind of hating the moment. Right. Do you know right. what I mean? Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, this is awesome. I wish I were home. You're taking me back to ALA. <laughs> oh, and me meeting Gary Paulson. <laughs> I always like to think of that as when I met Gary Paulson rather than when I met Norton Jester. I think that's what, yeah, I'm definitely. I'm hoping Norton Jester doesn't remember it. You know, I mean, who knows? Maybe they're actually the same person and they just switch off. I'm guessing that's what happened. It could be. Yeah. Uh, that makes more sense. Occam's razor. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. two different people Clearly. using. Clearly. <laughs> it wasn't your fault. <laughs> You just intuitive. You know, I just, they have incredibly different personalities too. Oh man! Wow. So, I love yeah. that you did the carnivorous bunny. Um, I, the bunny motions. Hands. That yeah. was the best. Yeah. And the part where the this um, woman who was standing next to me sort of grabbed my arm at one point. No. Which th- later I realized was sort of a like, please stop talking. 
<laughs> but at the time, I was like, oh, she's giving me support and telling me to go on. She's <laughs> trying to help you. Now she was like, you need to stop now. <laughs> you are embarrassing everybody here. Oh, my God. How long did it take you to remember that story and not cringe and not have your whole body? Like... Oh, I talked about it right away afterwards. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you do something like that, you got to tell the story. you got to get that out. Yes. And it is really funny. I, I kind of wish that Norman Jester had written books with carnivorous bunnies now. That would be awesome. Yeah. Phantom Tollbooth and carnivorous oh bunnies. Oh, my God. I would read that in a heartbeat. You take a wrong turn. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, well, how do they sound? <laughs> you can't see this in the podcast, but I'm doing the little hands. She's scaring my cats like yes. you wouldn't believe. Yes. And everybody, in fact, did a cat come out? I saw oh, Albie yeah. like sneak yeah. by. Heather's a cat charmer, and my I um, love cats. yeah, Genevieve came right up to you, was all about you, and then promptly ignored you, which I think is the best, like the best compliment you could possibly get. All right, so um. Because I'm very professional, mm-hmm. I'm looking at uh, my questions. Okay. Which are, um, we've hit many of them. Yes. Okay, so blurbs, I just mm-hmm. have. I don't have a question, I just have blurbs question mark. So, oh. Heather, blurbs. I don't know how to get blurbs. <laughs> <laughs> it is, okay, so. Everything about publishing is anti-Midwestern, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah, like asking someone to blurb something. Oh my gosh. Is like, that's so not Minnesotan. Putting, like putting someone out, right. you know, or it's, it's nightmarish for sure. Like I'm going to ask five different people to blurb. Two of them I've been really good friends with for years and years. I still uh-huh. don't want to ask them. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, it's, it's terrifying. It's awful. So did you have to ask for any blurbs? Or? Well, I did. Well, I don't know if I had to. I mean, it's still not clear to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so my, my, I think it was my editor. I'm not even sure who asked, but someone asked um, for names of possible people to blurb. Mm-hmm. I think it was my editor. Um, and I sent names. But I think, looking back on that, I think it was, would you ask these people to blurb? Which I interpreted as, oh. would you send me names and I'll ask them. So I sent these names and never asked anyone to blurb. Well, see, I, I don't then, think you're alone in that confusion because I was really confused as yeah, to, like, who's doing what. Yeah, I think I should have just asked and for a clarification. Yeah. Like, would you like me to ask these people? Or I could ask this person because I know them but not this person right. because I don't know them. Right. Um, that would have been a smart thing to do, but I didn't do that. <laughs> and then later on, my editor said, I, I may be remembering some of this not quite right, but she said something about the blurbs and was I able to get any blurbs or something. And I had this huge panic, which, oh. I sh- again, I should have just written back and said, was I supposed to? I Sorry, I misinterpreted. But instead of doing that, I, like, in this panicked way, wrote to two friends of mine and just said, will you blurb this, please? <laughs> please. For the love of God. And, but then I did the Minnesota thing, too, where I was like, would you blurb this? Unless you don't have time, or if you don't like the book, no worries. Really, no worries. <laughs> you know? like, yes, like, the qualification is, like, way more than... <laughs> And the actual ask. There's like a paragraph about how you don't have to blurb it. Here's all the reasons you might not want to blurb a this manifesto book. manifesto of why you do not want to blurb this. Um, but then um, Will Alexander did write a blurb for oh, it, which Will. is on the webs- uh, on the Penguin website, and it was a beautiful blurb, and he Will was Alexander's super sweet a about it. Person, yeah, he was not. super sweet about it. And I know he's really busy, too. So, I mean, that's the thing, too, is you feel bad asking yes. people, right? Yes. Because it's uncompensated, you know, just like, will you be nice and do this? Right. So... And also, like, I mean, 
in my case, like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know the end of that sentence. It just feels like, like, what if you don't agree with everything that is coming? Right. You know, like, right. what am I asking of you, really, right. in this? It's not just... Well, and that's part of the reason I wrote this long, like, if you don't have time or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, please don't feel bad saying no. Because I, I don't want people to feel like they have to write a blurb no. if no, no. it's a book they don't actually like for right. any reason, right. right? Yeah. So I did have a, a friend, and I, I'm not going to say who this is because I probably shouldn't. Um, <laughs> that's a good reason. That's a dumb, a that's dumb a thing really to say, <laughs> but here I am. I will not tell you who it is. Uh, but I did have a friend say that um, that she liked to that she would blurb books. She would blurb almost any book, but she was very careful about what she said. Oh. So she might say something like, "This is Megan at the top of her form," right? You know, which would be like a way of saying not the top of the form, right? But the top of her in form. the garbage heap that is Megan's <laughs> writing. Exactly. This is on like, top of there's it. There's always something you can say, but it, this person was really <laughs> careful about how she worded it. Oh, interesting. So that it was always truthful. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, well, that's one way to do it. And another way, I guess, would be to just say, I'm sorry, I'm too busy. Yeah, definitely. You know, if you don't want to be like, <clears throat> I'm sorry, but I hate your book so much. Right. <laughs> so. Well, I wonder too. I mean, I've been asked to blurb one time, mm-hmm. which I ended up not doing, and it just because I truly actually didn't have the time well, to do right. it. Right. I mean, sometimes you really are legitimately <laughs> too busy. Seriously. But I also, I mean, if I said yes, I would have read the book, and mm-hmm. then I couldn't go back and be like, oh, sorry, I don't have time. Mm-hmm. You know, because the time part is the reading of the book. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Lips are pretty short. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. you have to take sort of a leap of faith when you say, yeah, I'll even read the book, you mm-hmm. know, or mm-hmm. at least feel comfortable enough to be like, I can't do it, mm-hmm. you know. Well, I think the way Will phrased it made a lot of sense to me because he basically said, I don't know if I'll have time or not. Oh. But if you send the book, I'll try. But That's I can't perfect. promise you I'll do it. Okay, so basically you know? do so whatever. That was sort of like left it open. Yeah. So That's perfectly mm-hmm. said. Do whatever Will Alexander does. Yes, is exactly. That, okay. And I'm willing, like as the author, I'm totally willing to play along with this farce by which I send you a book <laughs> and then you pretend you don't have time to read it, yep. even though really it might mean you didn't like it. I'm like, no, she just didn't have time. Honestly. Like, I can I can handle that. This is a very specific culture. It's yeah. like a, it's a dance we have to do, <laughs> you know? And if you don't I'm do like, the dance. She didn't say no. She right. said she had to wash her hair that <laughs> night. But she still likes me, I right. can tell. I can totally yeah. tell. <laughs> Well, we're <laughs> this profession is so dumb. We have to, um, you know, have these really thin skins and be really vulnerable when we write. And uh-huh. then the business of it is thick like skin. Yeah. all thick skin. Like I f- did I tell you that my editor said that to me? I mm-hmm. was telling him. No, and he's you not didn't tell me. I'm just nodding. Oh, yeah. So I, w- I was talking to him and I said that I had one of those carry at prom moments uh-huh. that I said um, yeah, yeah. like one of my friends had. It was me, Heather. Right, right. I understand. <laughs> I know I fooled you, but it was actually me <laughs> who had that totally moment. bamboozled. <laughs> Please continue. Shock. <laughs> it was me. And whoops, I knocked my pop filter. Um, and he goes, well, you have to, his response was, you have to have a thick skin. And I was like, wait, what? I know, what? So you hate it too? I'm like, that was... <laughs> You're like, ouch, that hurt. I know. <laughs> so like, my skin isn't thick. Yes. <laughs> and then I like... My editor has the patience of Job. He's amazing. I somehow like finagled like a major compliment. Like I kept pushing until you know, he said until no, he really said something good. nice. Like like 
super nice that he didn't have to say you know what I mean like do you think he was rolling his eyes as he typed it oh (laughs) yes I mean this was a conversation if he was not like like making that hand talking motion at someone near him then he is like a saint because I'm sure he was like you've got to be kidding me this is my day I have to (laughs) I have to stroke this neurotic author's ego about a book that's not out for 11 months now right right yeah, he's awesome. Also, those balloon that balloon uh-huh. and the flowers are from him. So Oh wow. I'm pretty much the best. That is very pretty. I know. I got really lucky. Yeah. So um thanks, Dan. <laughs> Hope you don't <laughs> listen to this though. Um yeah. Okay. So that was Blurb's question mark. Okay. <laughs> That's my last question. Oh, and then I just have Lighthouse. Lighthouse. Yes, because at your reading you said you were a a substitute volunteer lighthouse keeper. I was. And I want to know how that came about, if you feel like sharing. Oh, yeah. the um, This was at the Apostle Islands, which is a national park in Wisconsin. Yes. Oh, wait. Wait. It's on the shores of Lake Superior. Yeah. Technically, technically Wisconsin, though, Baytown. Okay, yeah. you go out of. And Madeline Island is one of those? Um, yes. Oh, my gosh. I have stories about that. But anyway, yeah. okay. So there's like a, uh, maybe seven or eight islands mm-hmm. that are part of the Apostle Islands. And, and I had a friend who knew about this program where they, they get volunteer lighthouse keepers and um, other volunteers at that park every okay. summer. And he had done it. Uh, he was he had just, um, after he graduated from college, he had become like an RA at a dorm. Mm-hmm. So he had summers off. So nice. he had done it for a summer. He was an artist, so he had spent the time out there painting at the lighthouse. It sounded very bucolic. Mm-hmm. I went out and visited him one summer um, and stayed out there for like a week maybe. And then the next summer I applied, but I, I didn't feel like I could be gone the whole summer. Mm-hmm. So I v- applied to be a, a substitute lighthouse keeper. And, um, <laughs> which meant that, you know, like if the regular <laughs> volunteer lighthouse keeper had to be away, I could stand in for them. Right. So I did, only I wasn't sent to a lighthouse, I was sent to a historic fish camp. <laughs> What but it sounds much better to say that you're a volunteer lighthouse keeper than to say that you're a volunteer fish camp operator. But wait, what's a historic fish a camp? historic fish camp <laughs> is an old fish camp from like late 1800s, early 1900s. So it's not historic fish. It's a No, the camp. it does still smell. Okay. I will tell you that. Wow. Um, but it is not operational. But it has like the, the old cabin where this oh, wow. guy lived and the, you know, the old nets and all this stuff and you show everybody and you explain how it worked and all of this you know and then you live in a different cabin not the historic cabin so Um, you had to explain to people how all this worked so you had to learn really quickly how how to camp operated yes even though i'm a vegetarian who has never fished in my (laughs) entire life i had to learn all of that that's a good fit and um and in addition to that i had to clean the vault toilets Oh my God! So did you hate your stay there? That no, I like actually loved it. And cleaning the toilets really just meant you dumped cleaner down them every day, so they didn't stink too bad. So you didn't carp on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really fishy joke. <laughs> we could do this all day. No. I know this is bad. Let's stop. <laughs> Let's agree to stop. <laughs> yeah, I should note that. So for second story, we have um, themed. We should really talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have themed food to go with the the books and the authors that we're showcasing. And um, Heather comes up with all the puns for the food. No, not all of them. Pretty much all of them, though. A really good job. Oh, you have like a we weird have good puns. Yeah. Together. Yeah. Okay. Well, really, it's you though. Yeah. Let's say it's you. Let's say it's not. <laughs> this is us the whole time. We fight <laughs> constantly. <laughs> we basically hate each other. 
<laughs> All this laughing under the a laughter. Total lie. It's the We're dance. glaring at each other. Um, okay, so I'm looking at the podcast thing and I have no idea where we are so I'm going to stop it for a second okay okay we're back I think um I think that I can maybe edit out that pause but chances are no so there we go so we'll just pretend that was meant to be that way (laughs) it was totally meant to be that way also my cat Genevieve has um she's um nuzzling the pop screen here Heather's pop screen because she's in love with Heather she does like me she really does look at that I love winter because she's so loving because mm-hmm. she's very cold. She's cold. Yep. Yeah. You should also see when you leave, mm-hmm. I should show you my crazy cat lady backyard because I have all these feral cat oh, yes. houses. You have the cat houses. You yes. told me about those. And I also, I know, I told everybody because I'm a crazy <laughs> cat lady. <laughs> and I've left my garage door like a little open. So the cats can so get in. So the cats can yeah, get in. Mm-hmm. Like a crazy cat lady does. Anyway, tell, tell us about your cats and then we'll wrap this up. Okay, Um, I have two cats, Mm -hmm. and we got them in July as little kittens, so they're still kind of, they're very kittenish. Mr. Tibbs and Beatrix, who is usually called BB. She's the little one. Mr. Tibbs is enormous. Really? Yeah, I know. He's like half puma or something. Whoa. Gigantic. Are they from the same litter? Yeah, they're litter mates. Isn't that crazy? Because Genevieve and Albie are are litter mates too, but he's like a big muscle uh-huh. and she's a big ball of fluff uh-huh. yeah it's weird is that sexual dimorphism I don't are know. we going into a weird i just took us to a weird anthropology place yeah with that, didn't i don't know <laughs> he's just a big he's just a big cat wow the last time yeah. i saw them they were kitten kittens yeah and i almost took one of them home with me yeah no they're not kitten kittens anymore oh my God, they're so cute do you get really excited when someone asks you about your cats yeah, and I can tell all kinds of cat stories. Mm-hmm. And yeah, do you want to tell one cat story? Um, is this two on the spot? It's a maybe. I don't know because they're not interesting to anyone but me, and I know this even as I tell them. Yeah, I can see people's eyes kind of glaze over, and I keep talking anyway. You know, it's good to so. end though on an eye glazing story, right? <laughs> Well, I will tell you, Mr. Tibbs knows how to open doors. No. He can't do it because he doesn't have the strength, but he knows how doorknobs work. No way. So if you shut the bathroom door, which I on occasion do, <laughs> I have kids. Weirdo. And, you know. <laughs> but anyway, I'm taking a bath the other day. I shut the bathroom door, and I didn't let them in. They really like to be in the bathroom when I'm taking a bath. Of course, yep. He was so mad. He just kept attacking the doorknob. Oh so he was, gosh. like, hanging from the doorknob, but he couldn't figure out how to turn it. And so anyway, so that's kind of terrifying, actually. It is a little bit. Wow. And then I go into the kitchen yesterday and I can see I walk in there and I'm like, Gabriel, to my older son, Mm -hmm. what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) And he's holding the, the little cupboard door that goes to the garbage. He's shutting it. And then he's going, Tibbs, Tibbs. And he's tapping the handle and then opening it. What? And Tibbs comes over, then he shuts it, and he taps the handle. Look here, look here. Oh, and my he gosh. he opens it, and I'm like, you're doing what? Seriously. Like training him to open doors. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Why are you doing that? He's terrible already. Yeah. Well, and they're tiny velociraptors. I know. We don't need them being able to open doors. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a monster. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. So, anyway, I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what you're saying is if I don't hear from you in like the two weeks, have devoured okay, me, so I will check. Yes. Okay, yeah, see if any doors are <laughs> opened. 
But see, that's fascinating to me, but I don't think it's an interesting story to I'm that many fascinated. people. One time I was over at my friend's house, and um, her husband said, how are your cats? And I almost died with happiness. I was like, <laughs> what? I normally inflict these stories on people. <laughs> no one ever asked. I mean, I literally didn't know what to say for it. Right, like, right. I was like a fish mouth, like, what? I have so many things, you know, so many, so many photos. Here's some pictures. <laughs> okay, so to end this, I'll just say that, first of all, you should go out and buy Heather Bauman or Bowman's book, H.M. Bowman. Mm-hmm. Um, a Crack in the Sea. And you should buy like 10 or 12 copies. Definitely. Yes. Well, you have to, actually. I think it's like if you put the... Well, it's at Costco right now, so you could buy like... What? like in bulk, right? How Isn't that amazing. what they do? They sell in bulk. Yes. <laughs> so when you're getting your mayonnaise, right? Go, <laughs> go get like a pallet of a crack in the sea. <laughs> That's so cool. It's in Costco, though. I haven't seen it. I've just been told it's there. Well, but I think it's there. Do you have a Costco card? No. We should go sometime. Okay. And take lots of photos. <gasps> we should. Yes. That'd be fun. Okay. Okay. So crack in the sea. It's amazing. H M Bowman. B O U W M A N. Um, also come to our second story reading on February 5th at the loft in uh, the Twin Cities we have John Coy and Jackie Lee Summers yes it's going to be awesome because both of both of them are hysterical and they're great speakers so Heather and I not so much so don't come for us but come for John Coy and Jackie Lee and um, I have a sign off for this podcast you want to hear it yes you ready okay yes keep writing and probably keep your day job